0: begins with this hello everyone welcome once again to the power to the ground podcast I am Steve joined as always by Jesse what's up Jesse
1: yo how exciting! was Monster Energy Cup.
0: That was awesome. For like this off-season event, it was awesome. We're going to get into that. We're going to recap last week's poll. We're going to talk about some fun stuff moving into the Supercross season. And we're going to do it all right after these spots. What's up, guys? Steve here. Thanks for listening to the Power of the Ground podcast, the dirt bike podcast that looks to revolutionize the media in motocross and Supercross. We upload the podcast every Sunday at 4, and you can listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also check us out at www.power2theground.com, where you can find merch, giveaways, and exclusive web content. And if you want to join the conversation on Facebook, you can take part in weekly polls and don't forget to share with all of your rider buddies. Now, back to the podcast. So Monster Energy Cup. Wow. I you know, for it's one of those events that you just you watch because it's a it's a way to get your fix in the offseason, really, but Man, that was a fun event.
1: It was so fun. They did so many fun things with it. First of all, um, I know there are some people who don't like the Joker Lane. I love, I personally love the Joker Lane. I like what they, especially what they did with it this year. It was like, it was almost an Enduro cross Joker Lane. It was awesome. It was amazing. And then going backwards on the track,
0: so that reversing yeah. it. So first the Joker Lane, I, I will admit, so I, I am a convert. Um, when I in the first race, I was like, "Man, this is so stupid. Just let them race, you know? Like this whole Jobber Lane thing. Like, what? What is going on here? This is really, really dumb." By the end of that third event, especially the way that it played into the Sanzurulo Tomac, um, you know, little head to head there at the end, I'm a complete. I'm com- seeing those two come around and meet back up afterwards was so. Oh, it was just. It was. It was awesome. Cr- it was awesome. Totally was- converted. I. They should do that at every event. At Supercross <laughs> ever. Like, all right, maybe not, but still. Yeah. Maybe have one of the you know have a main event every once in a while that has a joker like it's something because that was so exciting.
1: It certainly made it very exciting. Yeah, and when when Cienti Rulo comes out of that joker lane, I can only imagine, especially in the third one, like. He can see as he's going around. He, he's gonna make a hairpin, up, right? Yeah. He's gonna make a hairpin so he can see Tomac right there, about to pull out into the that rhythm section. And he just
0: came out of this slow ass little Joker lane, and Tomac's got all this momentum coming around the outside. You just knew, and they lined up. He was Tomac was right on his back tire. Man. All right, uh, it was so good. Uh, the what are we supposed to be talking about? Uh, you know what? Well, this <laughs> Monster Energy Cup, man, this was so good. The backwards, uh, the whole backwards track, the two way track. Uh, for the second of the three.
1: Yeah, was I was awesome. not... I, I didn't even realize that they did it until you pointed it out to me. I was
0: like, this went through the finish line backwards. Yeah. What is happening?
1: And I was like, wait a minute. This hill. They were coming up this hill before, not going down it. Now they're going... To, oh, They are going backwards.
0: It completely changes the dynamic of the race. You yeah. know, you can't just memorize your spots for one way. You have to really focus on how to race uh, in two ways. That is something... You now, the Joker Land I was kind of joking. But that's actually something that... um Somehow would be really really cool to see them implement so that you can't just you, you know this idea that you have to really know the track so well that you could ride it backwards just as fast as right. you could ride it forwards. Like splitting the main events and I know Supercross doesn't have motos, but maybe in the uh, when they have the uh, the Olympic style three yeah three shootout yep. three main event shootouts, maybe doing it on those events where you split, flip the second one yeah because you do it they do it three times a year so. Just for three races, you have these three main events, and the second one you flip the track back around. I think that'd be amazing.
1: That would be amazing. Yeah, and they, that is that is one thing that Supercross definitely does is they 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 try new things. You know they they put things out there. You know they try different point systems. They try different um, different race ideas. They add in the third the the I can't the three the trifecta the three kings whatever the i can't remember what they call <laughs> yeah, it triple crown the triple the crown triple that's crown. what it is they added the triple crown uh, which i
0: think is great i wouldn't want to see that for a whole season structure but i love that they switch it up every once in a while and do the do the triple crown um i did used to think that they should just switch the entire season to that structure but i think uh i think it works the way it is now with just every few races switching it up like right
1: that. yeah i um, agree totally agree
0: so uh, before we dive too far into this let's talk about last week's poll um we had said, we had asked, and, it, and the reason I do this is because it's very relevant to what we're going to be talking about today. Um, we had come, up, right, come right off the conversation of where Eli would fit into our top five greatest writers um, if he wins a Supercross. And surprisingly, like the results were a little bit more surprising. I thought this was going to be like an overwhelming, like, no, one Supercross does not do it. Um, 57% of people said that one Supercross puts him in the top five greatest riders of all time. That's surprising.
1: Yeah. And if you read through the comments, um, it, very, very surprising. Um, a lot of the comments were saying if he wins one Supercross. Like he could arguably be the greatest ever.
0: I mean, I think that's a stretch. But the, I really do. But the fact that there are people who think that says a lot about how good he is. Right.
1: Yeah. And um, even, even going back, the reason why we did this poll with Eli Tomac is because of the comments in the poll that we did before with Ricky Carmichael and Bubba. Because there were so many people. When I asked, who's better, Ricky Carmichael or Bubba, there was so many people who said Eli Tomac. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it made sense to do that poll. And, and so... You know, again, I do think that there's a little bit of that, you know, happening now bias that I kind of talked about yeah. last week with, with with Eli for sure. So I don't, you know, I don't think one Supercross championship puts him at the best ever. I don't even think he, he deserves to be in that particular conversation yet. However, top five, that's debatable. And that's absolutely a conversation you could make a case for if he wins it this year, especially if he dominates.
1: Yeah. And also, let's be honest, this guy's not done. No. This guy has got, he's still got years ahead of him. And if he can keep it, if he can put, and this is my, he's going to break the levy if he wins one Supercross.
0: That's what something we did talk The right. momentum that he breaks through that barrier that had held him back for so long, I feel like he, right. can, he can rattle off four or five in a row.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be honest. If he wins Supercross this year, who's going to beat him in an outdoor? Yeah, nobody. Who's going to beat him in, in Supercross next year?
0: I mean, at that point, if, yeah, exactly. He, suddenly he's on a roll. Right. Um. So, and so that's our, that was our poll results. Really interesting. And they do kind of relate. So let's talk a little bit about how, uh, and we're going to get to next week's poll at the end of the episode. Let's talk about how much fun. This event was because of Mr. Eli Tomac, but also making his 450 debut and the overall winner of the event, Adam Ciancerullo. Man, did he look good on a
1: 450? Yeah. Or as I like to call him, Ed from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> he
0: does look so much. He's yeah. Tall he's and coming up. And- <laughs> he's like,
1: Tell me how to win the 450 Supercross <laughs> Championship, Eli.
0: Double D. Um, <laughs> right, he's so awkward, but yeah, clearly he knows what he's doing on that bike. He looked. So comfortable in this event. And that was the thing that surprised me the most. His debut on a 450, and it looks like he's been riding 450s for years.
1: Yeah, and this is going to be scary going into the Supercross season because you've got these two guys on the same team. And you can see that... um, Santi Rulo first of all he he has this like little kid energy to him when especially when he gets oh, up he onto the jumping podium. He
0: around on the podium it was crazy. But
1: you what was interesting is that you could see Tomac going to reach out to him to like extend a hand and congratulate him, you know, playing the teammate role and Santi Rulo
0: didn't have a a second for him. He he, he kind of. I said. So I looked at it Did he just kind of snub Eli? Right. Like I mean, maybe he was focused. Like, oh, they gotta do the interview. This, this, and that. You know. But like, Eli went to shake his hand and say congrats. He kind of like shook his hand and like half turned as he was shaking his hand and said thanks as he's turning away and like did he just did right he just snub Eli right? It was like,
1: like it was like it was like the big the big brother coming to congratulate his little brother and the little brother just looks at him out of the corner of his eye. Yeah. I'm coming for you.
0: Yeah. But you know, he, he did walk it back a little bit yeah. in, the, in the interview. You know, he said, yeah, I've always looked up to Eli. He was kind of one of my idols growing up and to be even be on the same track as him and to see him coming around after that, that Joker lane pass. So, um, you know, he did walk it back and show the, the proper like PR kind of respect, but I think that might've, I, I think Siencerullo, what he did in this Monster Energy Cup was so much bigger than just win a hundred thousand. Although that's a pretty decent chunk of change, yeah. He put Eli Tomac on notice.
1: Absolutely, he 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 came in on notice. He was like, "This may be your team right now, (laughs) but let's see what happens at the end of the season."
0: I am coming for you. Yeah. Such an awesome. So, uh, see, so let's just do a quick recap. So, uh, first event, the first main event, Siencerullo gets out front fast yeah and then uh he actually ends up bobbling and and washing out a little bit and he drops back yeah uh, weird
1: flat sections on this track where really people weird. yeah there was
0: no ruts there was really no grip on some of these eli went down in a similar spot yep. uh later in the race too so um so siancerulo drops back and then you have freezy who looked really solid this whole time he was all the way up front and then malcolm stewart making his return yep and
1: and jeremy I,
0: and Jeremy Martin. Yeah. I, I got to say, as far as Malcolm Stewart goes, that was as good as I've seen him. Now, I have to preface this. Everything we're saying and that we're taking, we can only take so much from this event. There was no Roxanne, There was no game, There was no Anderson. There was no Webb. There was no Osborne. Like, yeah. there was a lot of riders missing from this. So there's only so much you can take. It was basically the, the Kawasaki show and then a <laughs> bunch of other riders who were trying to say, hey, we're still here too. Right. That being said, Malcolm Stewart looked as good as I think I personally have ever seen Malcolm Stewart look on a bike.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was there was good portions of this race where um he was riding right beside Tomac and Siantu Rulo and they weren't gaining an inch on and him for right. For, up with right. And um I mean, the every single race in this, the top 3 were some variation of the top 3.
0: Right. No, and that's exactly what it was. Like, he put himself, he distanced himself from the rest of the field and put himself closer to those top two riders, which is not something I would ever expect to say about Malcolm Stewart. You know, he just hasn't had the career that you would expect from somebody with the name Stewart. Right. Um, But he clearly put in a lot, a lot of work. Uh, since his injury and getting back on the bike and he looks good he yeah. looks really good i i, I expect him to I, i'm not gonna say you know come in here and compete for you know necessarily but again there was no competition in this event other than those two uh the cowie guys but i do expect him to to put up some really solid finishes some top five finishes you know yeah. routinely hanging around there because of how good he looked i can absolutely see him doing that
1: yeah there's and that's something that not just in this event, but he's been racing other supercross events, um, international supercross events and that's something that everybody's been saying that this guy just looks just on fire and first and he looks like he's in incredible shape. Which he's uh, always
0: been an incredible a, physical athlete. Right. You know, that's definitely something that runs in that family is they just were, athleticism.
1: They were saying in the in the thing though, they were like, We've never seen him this big before. Yeah, he, <laughs> so he put he in just, work. Yeah, he definitely put in work. It'll be interesting to see. So he went three one three.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep.
1: That's a that's a good showout for your first time out. So
0: especially when the other two riders on the podium are Eli Tomac and Adam Ciancio, right? Like you're in that group, and I think again that that just says a lot about how much work he's put into it. He looks solid. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Freezy looked really good. He kept, in, very in all interesting three, in all three races. He kind of fell off, but he was he started every race out front. Yep. Um, or close to it, and then you know got shuffled back a little bit by those three. Um, but he ended up you know overall fourth. On on the day with a four, five, five. Yeah. Which again, uh, you know, solid showing for him. So he looked pretty good. Um, The races themselves are so, so much fun. They were. So again, uh, Tomac, oh, when Tomac cased that, he just totally, he even said he brain farted going into that rhythm section in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, He was going in to make a pass for second and totally cased a triple. that It probably should have been a double.
1: I have no idea how he stayed on his bike for that.
0: It was an incredible save, first of all. He could have easily gone way down. And so he saved it, but it slowed him down. Didn't matter. He he ran away with it by the end of it because Ciancerulo had gotten shuffled back after his his fall and Tomac just did Tomac things. Yeah. So he took number one. But then he goes down in the second race on that, uh, coming down on the other side of that jump, and he landed at an angle and a bike just rode out from under. Him. Right. He went down. It was actually a pretty decent fall.
1: Yeah. He looked, I mean, he hit the ground pretty hard. Uh, he got up really quick. He, he rolled it out. Like, good for him. Tuck and roll, Grandma. Tuck right. and roll. <laughs>
0: So, uh, and then, so Stewart ends up out front and he ran away with it. Like he just, there was no, I mean, Santorulo gained down a little bit towards the end there, but Stewart so solid takes the second moto. Eli does Eli things after dropping back to eighth. Yep. (laughs) and He catches up to third.
1: Goes up to third. Yeah. And there was, you know, there's a lot of other fun stuff that happened in this one. Like, um, I, it was great to see Jeremy Martin back out there. Absolutely. Um, nobody I've, I saw I remember seeing his crash and I didn't think that guy was ever gonna walk again never mind ride a motorcycle so that was awesome to see and not only that see him up front too right
0: yeah he, it would have been really easy for him to just get on the bike try to just get his confidence back hang back in like tenth or something but no he was he was pushing and he was up front for a decent portion of some of these races
1: yep um geyser. Geyser, it was cool to see Geyser out there. We're definitely
0: going to get to Geyser, so this is something that we've been starting to talk about with the MXGP stuff, um, and and Geyser coming over, and this is his second time competing in the Monster Energy Cup. Um, I think that he he poses an interesting uh, kind of dynamic to what we've been talking about a little bit as far as international riders and American riders. I want to dive into that just just a little bit. Um, he didn't he didn't do terrible. Um, but I, I, don't know if it's just because of what I've seen before, but I kind of almost expected a little bit more. Yeah. I, I mean, you're talking about the MXGP champion. Right. Um, and every time we've seen one of our riders go over and compete in MXGP more often than not, they get smoked. Right. And I think more than anything, it highlights the difference between supercross and motocross. Yeah.
1: It highlights the difference and it also highlights where the focus is in each place Yeah. because in the United States they do both they do the outdoor and the indoor but it is a clear clear focus on the indoor over the outdoor whereas it's the opposite in Europe because I mean they don't do super like geyser if he wants to do supercross he's gonna come over here to America to do it so he's he's doing nothing but prepping for outdoor all year long whereas uh, over here we're, we're split half and half and oh. like you said, a heavy amount of
0: that focus is on super Right.
1: Because that's where all the money is for these riders. Which so, is
0: why I think these riders don't do so well over there in outdoors. Right. And then, you know, we saw when we've talked about when Hurlings came over here for the outdoors and just
1: dominated. Just dominated. Because outdoors is what
0: he does. He right. comes over and he's like, Psh. So I almost kind of expected a similar level of dominance because you just... It, it kind of got into my head that these international riders are just better riders. Yeah. But what it really comes down to is they're better outdoors because they focus outdoors. Right. And Geyser did not... with. Only two guys that were would, could be considered legitimate top competition in this race with uh, Rulo and, and Tomac. He he didn't beat Malcolm Stewart. He finished behind Freezy. He went seven four four. Yeah. So not quite the showing I think I would have expected. But again, yeah.
1: it's a completely different sport. You know, it's like a competition between Tom Brady and Kobe Bryant. They're going to play <laughs> one game on a football field and one game on a basketball court. You know who who's going to win? Who's going to win?
0: Yeah. Um. But I really would like to see more of the crossover between some of these international riders. Now that I know names like Geyser and Hurlings and Koldenhoff, yep. and I've seen what these guys can do on a, on a track. Um I'd love to see a little bit more of the crossover there between more of our guys going over there and our their guys coming over here you know I think that'd be great cuz yeah, we talked sure. about how we want to really start focusing a little bit more on MXGP next year. Yep. Starts in March for 2020. Hurlings should be back away from injury so a guy that you and I have kind of latched onto is someone we want to keep an eye on is going to be back so um definitely something to keep an eye on. Um uh, but it was it was definitely cool to see guys are in supercross.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. Uh Breaking news, my dad just texted us. He said, watch the races last night. They were fantastic. Jet Lawrence is the future of this sport.
0: So we started to – we caught a little bit of that, um, the futures. The futures, races. yeah. And it took, what, a lap and a half for Jet to just, just say, be gone. I'm gone. I'm right. see, see you later. This kid, we've said it a few times, this kid is the future of this sport. I have absolutely no doubt. Justin Cooper, keep an eye out. Rullo even because he's still fairly young. Keep a look on your back wheel because pretty soon this kid jet is going to be on it and probably past it. Yeah.
1: I I gotta be I am so looking forward to super two fifty supercross this year. And I this I think this is the first time I've yeah. ever said that before. You've got jet Rulo's
0: first year for me. Uh because of the hype surrounding Sience Rulo coming into the Supercross. I, I think that one was the only other time I can remember being this excited for two fifties and supercross
1: the the list is just so long i mean in after last after the outdoor season for some reason i had this idea i was like oh ferrandus is just gonna run away with 250s now no i mean <laughs> you've got um uh, justin cooper you've got dylan ferrandus you've got both of the lawrence brothers hunter yeah, and jet let's not
0: forget about hunter right <laughs> uh,
1: hunter won an outdoor he won an outdoor uh overall um did he go 1-1 in that one? I think so. Yeah. And then he got hurt like the next week and right. didn't get to race for, for a good portion of the season. But yeah, Hunter is definitely no slouch. And my guess is big brother is probably not going to want to roll over and watch his little brother ride past him. So yeah, it's definitely going to be something. Oh, I'm so looking forward to Supercross season. <laughs> I can't we're, even tell So you. we're going to
0: talk a little bit about some of the implications for upcoming Supercross, um, for sure. And, and, I think now we have to include Jet in that conversation yeah. because, like you know, the Futures is not just some random um, you know gaggle of motocross riders and supercross riders. These are obviously elites who are trying to show you know what they can do moving up in the sport, and Jet just wiped the floor with them. Right. So, um, I think that's uh, that that says a lot about what's coming up. Um, but speaking of coming up, we're going to talk about what the Monster Energy Supercross event or the Monster Energy Cup event means for this upcoming season. Can we really gain a whole lot of, of insight when it's still two months away? Um, but we're going to talk about that right after. Do you think that we can make any valid assumptions about this upcoming Supercross season based on what we saw in the Energy Cup? I
1: think I can make one assumption and that is that CNC Rulo is not going to um, just let Tomac run away run away with this. And not only that, but he has the ability to make that happen. As far as uh, insights is like the entire field goes, um, yeah. There's a cop car running by. Let's see if we can get past that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. As far as the the entire field goes. I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I can gain any insights from this because of how limited the field was. Yeah,
0: they, I mean, it's great to say, it's easy to say that Tomac and, and Sansa Rula look so good and that they, they have a potential to dominate, which I think is true, but you didn't see Muskan, Rockskin. R- Rockskin. Which is like Roxen. It's like yeah. his twin brother. Right, Eagle it's like Dra- Dragon Ball
1: Z. <laughs> they did a fusion thing going on here.
0: <laughs> oh, Muskan, that'd be a great rider, by the way. You take both of their strengths? Oh, my God. Um So you didn't have Muskin. You didn't have Roxanne. You didn't have Webb. You didn't have Anderson. The last two Supercross champions weren't there. Um, So how much can you really say about what Ciancerulo— You know, Ciancerulo was up there with Tomac. Do you throw some other riders in that mix and what happens? You know, so you're right. You can't take too much from it. It was an off-season event. How seriously did these guys take it? Right. Although
1: a lot of them were—a lot of them did— the, the reason a lot of these guys weren't in this race is because they've done other off season races right. like motocross nations or uh, straight Roxen rhythm. Did the
0: straight rhythm. Yeah. Uh, Webb did too, right? He got knocked out. When yeah. Webb was in the straight rhythm. Um, but I do think, you know, you can't even say that, Oh, it was an off season event. They didn't take it seriously. If you watched, especially that last main event with Roxanne and Cianci Rulo pushing each other. Oh, they were taking they it were, seriously. They were pushing and Tomac, could not pass. He definitely had a little bit of the pace for most of that race, and he could not make the pass stick every time. And that track lended itself. They need to take whatever they did with this track and apply it to all Supercross tracks because every corner, every rhythm section... Everything was an opportunity to pass. There was This was not a one-line track. No. This was a multiple-line, multiple-passing opportunities track, and multiple-pass-back opportunities. Almost every time in this race we saw someone make a pass, they didn't get to make it stick until a few turns later, if they even made it stick, right. because of how easy it was for the other rider to try to pass back.
1: Yeah, the rhythm sections were incredible, too. Like, in, in most... Races, you see the rhythm sections, and there's one, maybe two logical rhythms that you can take through. In almost all of these rhythm sections, there was three or four different rhythms that you could take to 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 either give yourself momentum going into it or give yourself momentum coming out of it. And it was incredible to see how, like, at, at one point you had, um, Tomac, Rullo, um, Freezy, and. Stewart, basically all in the same rhythm section at the same time, yep. and all four of them through an entire lap were taking different rhythm sections in every rhythm. It was it was incredible. It was yeah. Awesome so I agree. They need to do. They need to take notes and what they did with this track, and they need to they need to duplicate it.
0: That speed section, that 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 little sand flat sand section that was a little there, bumpy, that, that had that like real Daytona track feel to it. Yeah. They, you know that one big straight where they have the guy riding down the track with the camera, like. They were flying. Yeah, they flying. said they were going like 60 they miles were, they an were hour. like 60. They actually got to open it up for that straight. And that, yeah. was, it was, that was awesome to watch. So everything about this track setup was great. Um, yeah, my the, favorite move of the night, by the way, Tomac, uh,
1: yeah. Tomac
0: going to the inside on Ciancerulo. Instead of getting taken high, which is what most people would do. You know, Tomac cut to the inside, tried to take him high, and then was going to make the pass stick. Yep. Ciancerulo stopped and cut back underneath Tomac. It, and then they were neck and neck going into the rhythm Ciancerulo pu- pulled out the rhythm like it was it was one of my favorite counters to a pass that I've seen in a long time and I think it shows the maturity and knowledge of Ciancerulo and his ability to push Tomac this season.
1: Yeah. That that was an incredible move. It was like yeah, it was it was like a counterpunch. He
0: saw it coming. He stopped, let Tomac pass him yeah. instead of getting taken high. He anticipated cut, it. He anticipated it, yeah. cut back underneath it, and then passed back. It yeah. was
1: awesome. Yeah, it, it really was. Yeah, that was an incredible move. But we got to go back to the insights that we get from this.
0: Well, that's so that's and that's kind of where I was going. But go ahead.
1: But uh, so uh, one one more thing that I wanted to add about this whole the. Uh, this being an off-season event and everybody not t- quite taking it seriously, Michael Lessie made this main event. He won the LCQ on a two-stroke. <laughs> so just to give you an idea, he's on a. I think they said it was it was a. Uh, uh, what did they say it was? It was like a three a three three thirty cc bored out two-stroke that he won the LCQ on. So it's not even a four fifty. of course it's a big bore engine so he's got a little you know he's probably got a lighter bike with a little bit more horsepower so the the weight to power ratio is probably pretty good but that is the type of gimmicks that we had going on in, in this so
0: yeah
1: as far as taking those insights forward I don't know.
0: I think you're right. I think the only one we can really get is how Ciancerula has the ability to push Tomac, Because like yeah. just as this event went on, they continuously pushed each other. When going in, there was three riders tied for the lead going into the last event. All three of them, a 3-1, 1-3, and a 2-2. Right. So you had a three-way tie. So their finish directly affected their overall. And Stewart got a rough start, ended up having to catch back up to third, and it was too late for him at that point. But Ciannierullo and Tomac just was going, were going toe to toe, and Ciancerulo not only kept up, but continued to block Tomac. And then you had that awesome. So Tomac tried to take the Joker Lane on the second to last lap because he was just eating roost for yeah. that entire race. So he took the Joker Lane on the second to last lap, and then forcing Ciancerulo to take it on the last lap. And Tomac's idea was just gain pace um, on the last lap while ciancerulo and it almost worked. Except that Santorulo just flew through the Joker lap, uh, the Joker lane, which faster than anybody else had gone through that whole night. And when he came out, he was still almost in the exact same spot. Like they ran an identical lap for those last two laps. Tomac couldn't make it stick. To me, that says not only did Santorulo put Tomac on notice that hey, just because I'm your teammate does not mean I'm taking it easy. I think he put the rest of Supercross on notice that um, hey, you guys who didn't show up today. I'm here now, so you don't just have to look out for the number three of Eli Tomek. You're going to look out for the 92-2. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 92-2. 92-2. 92-2. That's what he is.
1: He's a 2-2. Yeah. There's, no, there's, there are two monsters in green out there that they have to watch out for.
0: And that's, you know, it's a fear. I, we'll have to see how it turns out in the first few races. But there's a fear that it's 1-2 for most of the season. It's just going to be green. Right.
1: <laughs> but, you know, there's... I, there's still a lot of competition out there, you know. Um, Roxon, Roxon for one, um, I think for the first time in quite a few years, he looks like he's actually he's actually stayed up long enough to get back into um, Roxon shape.
0: The biggest thing is he looks like he's been the fast few times we've seen him. He looks like he's having fun. Yeah, you know, he doesn't look like just. Beaten down and disappointed, and you know, depressed over how things have been going for him because it's been a rough couple of years for him. Uh, he looks, especially at the straight rhythm, he looked lighthearted, he looked like he was just having fun. Yeah. He was laughing, he was smiling, he's like, This is awesome. And if he can carry that feeling into the season, he's gonna throw a wrench in Eli's plans for sure. Yeah, he has we know he has the ability and the talent to do it,
1: right? Yeah, and you got you still got Webb anderson
0: webbs defending supercross champion right <laughs> and really anderson was the that?
1: supercross champion before that so you know well,
0: anderson looked like he still had a ways to go to get back to where yeah where he was um the last few times we saw him so we'll see where he's at mentally and physically if he's back to where he was absolutely you gotta you gotta throw him into the mist. you can't discount marvin muskin as far as Race-by-race race basis. I think for the championship points, I just feel like he's going to finish second or third because he always does. Yeah. <laughs> but on a race-by-race race basis, Muskin has the ability to just take it and, and run with it. So that can throw a wrench into Eli's plans. Like, there's so much competition in this field that's so exciting.
1: Yeah. I'm, And I would love nothing more than to see, you know, six different riders win a main this year.
0: Oh, I mean, it'd be the parody potential for this season is, is through the roof right um and i would like to, so you know in order for me as a personal fan um i'm still gonna root for muskin over anybody else and i'm gonna be as harsh on him as i have been for the past <laughs> few years when he doesn't do it and he just does what he always does um but i would want to he is my like number one on my list i want to see him win it um i am back to rooting for eli Tomac though because of all the stuff we've been talking about about where he could potentially fall all time yeah i have to if I will be happy for Eli if he wins it this year.
1: All right. Well, I can't say the same.
0: <laughs> that's I, what makes the sport so great. Though, that's
1: right? what makes it great. Yeah. I mean, none of none of my favorite riders. I don't think any of them are going to um, compete this year. Um, Barsha is fallen. F- uh, uh, well, you know what? He shows flashes. He's a flash in the pan every once in a while. Um, Anderson, kind of the same thing, though. He's a he's a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Um, I probably. I, anderson's probably gonna finish third or fourth overall this this year yeah that's probably that sounds
0: like about about right for him yeah yep
1: um i am looking forward to um roxon though roxon will be my i think be my third roxon i think i'm gonna if he can if he can get that that rhythm and that that feeling that he had going at straight rhythm I think he, I think he can challenge for the for the uh, championship.
0: I, I, definitely agree with you, and I want to see that too. Like either way, regardless of whether I, th- I want Eli or Muskin to win. Like if Roxin, Muskin, and Tomac finish one, two, three in some order, I can't be disappointed with this season because it probably means they were going toe to toe. Right, and then you throw you know the potential of Ciancerulo, Webb, Anderson into the mix, and suddenly you, you've got a really like this this event yesterday. Regardless of the missing riders, just got me so hyped. For this upcoming Supercross season, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Oh, and then man. you go on the two fifties that we've been talking about, and it's like this is all, the sport is continuing to to, uh, to grow as far as its talent pool goes, and that there's no doubt about
1: that. Right? Yeah, and that's that's the direction that it's got to keep on going in, uh, just growing its talent pool. As long as it continues to grow its talent pool, then it's in good shape, and that's something that we're probably going to talk about in in depth in a another episode Absolutely. i'm sure i
0: mean the two ways this sport's going to grow the talent pool and uh the media which you know we've talked about uh, uh anybody who listened to the spots that's our our mission statement now it is something this is not just yes it is two guys who love the sport talking about the sport but with the amount that we've talked about the failings of the media in this sport um we just decided to take it on upon ourselves to try to fix it and Those two things combined, a a properly run media and a growing talent pool with a lot of parity and exciting races and championships that go down to the wire, um, I think the sport has so much potential to grow, so much bigger than it already is.
1: Right. 100% agree. And, yep, we've got a lot of very, very exciting stuff happening.
0: So I don't know what you have maybe on the docket for next week is something we can talk about. But on that same kind of a note – there's something you and I have been talking about and just thinking about it, you know, the two things that can help sport grow media and talent pool. But the other thing is keeping the, keeping the championships and the seasons exciting front to back. Right. Um, The issue, you know, we had the outdoors were a perfect example, right? This issue of, Riders starting to run away with it, and suddenly the last three or four races mean zero as far as fans go. Like, why am I going to watch? This dude's already wrapped it up. Like, Unless he goes down, which you don't want to root for. It's a crappy way to lose when you have a 50-point lead with two races left. Um, Are there ways, and this is not for today. I think this is something maybe I'm teasing for next week. I want to get into this. Are there ways that uh, the AMA or FIM can restructure its seasons to make it more exciting front to back? um i have some ideas that you and i have talked about i know you have some ideas i'm kind of interested to see if we can come up with something that is you know palatable for everybody as a fan
1: yeah that would be very very interesting and we i think i don't know maybe we should do some we should come up with some way to get uh everybody involved in this so that it's not just a uh you know we can record the podcast maybe go live on facebook and and do it so people can comment about it and get people's two cents. All right, so maybe
0: not. Maybe not. Let's set this up because I think this is something. Yes, you guys are hearing us brainstorm podcast ideas yeah. <laughs> live, um, kind of recorded. Uh, so let's set this up. Maybe not next week, week after. That's a topic I think we should cover because, again, some of these ideas may seem radical, but they would solve so many of the issues of a season just losing its momentum towards the end. Right. Um. So. If you have ideas, start throwing them out, from our way now because, uh, you know, we can get this thing set up. And I like the idea of maybe going live and talking about it.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: So, um, in the meantime, we do have a new poll ready to go for this coming week. And it kind of, kind of melds into, you know, we talked a little bit about the difference between supercross and motocross being almost completely different sports. So the poll this week is we want to know which one do you think is better?
1: Yeah. We're going to throw that out here right here. It's basically Monster Energy Monster Energy Cup. Um <laughs> marks basically the halfway point between the end of the motocross season and the beginning of the supercross season. So right now is a perfect transition Oh my god, I can't talk this morning. is a perfect transitional time to throw a poll out there and um find out once and for sure which one is better, motocross or supercross? I
0: mean, I think the supercross is probably going to end up winning it. But I don't know that it's going to be for the reasons that you would think. You know, like, I think it's just a more popular sport because more money's is dunked into it. Right. <laughs> but I don't think that necessarily makes it a better version of the sport, you know?
1: Right. Well, I think the uh, supercross has a broader appeal. Um, but I think the people who like motocross better... Probably feel stronger about it, so I don't know. We'll this see is, how it goes. Yeah, this is yeah, be, this interesting been, this have, be interesting. You,
0: I'll give you my answer and on which one I think is better when we recap this poll next week. I think you can do the same, right? We'll yeah. Talk about. We'll, we'll give our answers to the poll. I'm gonna go vote as soon as we get it up. And um,
1: yeah, I think the uh, the poll is gonna go up. Um, if you're listening to this, the poll is gonna go up at on Sunday at um. Let's see Facebook. When do it. Uh, hang get it, on. Get it scheduled out, ready get to go. scheduled out. Give me one second. Let's find out how much longer this one goes. This one goes for five more hours. It's 1130 right now. So like five o'clock, five o'clock on Sunday, we'll have that poll up.
0: So by the time you're listening to this podcast, the poll will be up. For yeah. Sure. Um,
1: Make sure that you vote. Make sure that you share it. Make sure that you tag somebody in it.
0: Comment on it. We want to know why. I yeah. think that's the big thing. Like, you know, the voting is going to be big, but I want to know why. I want to see what people's reasons are because I have some things in my head that I think might be some potential reasons for, for that. But I want to know because they're both great versions of the sport. Right. right. Super exciting. Obviously, all the professional riders do both. So uh, vote, comment, share, tag, do everything you got to do. Yeah. Let's that. Let's Let's see what your answers are.
1: Yeah, the that commenting part actually—that's a great point because that does give that'll give us some uh, some pretty good insights as far as uh, what it is that you guys are looking for in the sport and what each one of them does well and which and what each one of them does not so well. So yeah, make sure you drop some comments in there and uh, share it with all your buddies.
0: Sir, you do have anything else for these guys? I think that kind of wraps it up.
1: I think that wraps it up. It was great seeing some racing. Um, You know, we're only a couple of weeks uh, removed from um, motocross and uh, motocross. Man, this is this is brutal. We are. That's why we're wrapping. Tell you what, let me take it home. (laughs) So
0: we're only a few weeks out from motocross nations and we are only two months away from supercross it was such a it was it wet my appetite and now it's going to be really brutal for these next few months just yep. like anticipating the season there is still a lot that we can talk about though there's a lot we're gonna talk about we're gonna have some more fun episodes i think you know the uh the top five was a lot of fun so a lot of things like that how can we fix the sport do we fix the point system do we do anything of that so so much fun stuff for us to talk about um, but I think that does wrap it up for today. Uh, you should probably go drink some coffee and get your mouth straightened out so you Whoa. can talk today.
1: You're damn right I should.
0: <laughs> and uh, thank you all so much once again for listening. Uh, we definitely appreciate all of your support. Hop over to the website. Hop over to the Facebook. Share with your friends. And uh, let's let's get this thing growing uh, even more than it already has been. So that's all I got, man. Jesse, I'll talk to you next week. Peace.